Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to share another podcast episode with you. We appreciate the likes, the comments, everything that you do to get this shared. Hey, why don't you share it with uh, another civil engineering friend? That would be very helpful for us. And I think uh, I think you have civil engineering friends, don't you? You know, give it a share. See what they like about it. Uh, we do appreciate it. I'm excited today. I bring on the founders of Shingle. Uh, the website is shingleit.com. Aaron Klemish, who is a co-founder with Wes Turichek. And they both have uh, this brainchild. They had this this idea that engineers want to work remote and start their own personal brand. And how do we do that? And so in this episode, we talk about how Shingle formed and really what it does to connect engineers that want to do work on the side or full time as a contractor uh, or as their own personal brand or company uh, to get connected with firms that are out there and uh, really do some great engineering work while making money. So uh, Shingle is a, is a great idea. It's a great company, and I'm excited to share it with you. We talk about the goals of the company, how it started. We also talk about the wins that they've had and really a lot of other questions that you may have on your mind as we talk about Shingle and what uh, it does for engineers. So I'm excited to share that with you. All of this fun stuff is going to be coming up right after this. All right. What is going on, uh, Wes and Aaron? Thank you for joining the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. I'm excited to talk about Shingle and what you do. Uh, thanks for joining me today. You are welcome. We're thrilled to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Excellent. Um, I know we've done a lot of chatting already, but um, I wanted to make sure we, we actually capture what we're talking about. So uh, I guess before we dive into what Shingle is, how it works and things of that nature, I would love to know a little bit more about your individual backgrounds um, in engineering, why you chose that field and how did, how did we get here, I guess is the question. How did we get here? So Wes, why don't you go first and let, let us know a little bit about your background in engineering why you chose that field? Sure. Um, the easy parts of it graduated uh, the master's in civil engineering with structural focus. Um, why did I choose that? I don't know. I took things apart as a, <laughs> as a child every day and liked to see how things work, liked to build stuff. Engineering seemed like a good choice. Any family influence, parents, uncle? No. Cousin? no I'm, uh, I had a grandpa who's an electrical, um, but uh, other than that, no real engineers gotcha. in the family. So just always, that's what I always assumed I would be doing. So Cool. So structural engineering? Structural engineering, yep. Um, particularly my background has been uh, power generation, a little bit of transmission, substations, mm. heavy industrial, and then the campus facilities, um, piping, lots of pipe supports. Good deal. That's my line of work, the utility yeah. world. So. <laughs> Good. And Aaron, how about you? Um, like Wes, I'm a structural engineer as well. Um, been in the industry for about 20 years. Um, I've worked for several firms throughout my career, um, a couple large firms in the U.S. and then one 
a very large firm in Germany and uh, started out much like everybody else on the typical track, you know, all design work for, for a variety of projects early in my career. And then I got my PE and moved into, you know, lead engineer role and into project management um, prior to starting Shingle. So um, I chose the field because, because unlike Wes, many of my fa- members of my family pursued engineering. And um, as a, as a, as a young boy, I, I saw that they appeared to be very successful. Um, and, uh, and so as I, I got older and had to make a decision in terms of a career, I, I know I, this sounds sort of bad, but I don't think I'm alone. I, I honestly, I was just looking for the biggest bang for my buck mm-hmm. in terms of a starting salary and only having to do a four-year degree. So uh, that was that was one of my main motivations. And I was good at math and science academically, so everyone's like, "Yeah, you should be an engineer, just like your your uncle who is who drives a Corvette." Ooh. <laughs> Right, making, making the money, making money. So, <laughs> uh, actually, I really, really looked up to him, still do, and 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 uh, he seemed to he seemed to just kind of have this life that that I sure. thought looked really cool. So, well, I think um, this is an interesting topic about careers and money and civil engineering because I think in general, civil engineers you can make a great career and can do very decent with. Uh, you know, you'll be comfortable, mm-hmm. but I, I think uh, unless you're maybe being creative or doing something else on the side, um, it's hard to like really move the the needle on that potential to make even more. Um, you kind of hit a, a ceiling, I think, in the civil yeah. engineering world, and that mm-hmm. makes it a little hard. So, yeah, you really need to pair that that's engineering with business. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, let's jump into Shingle. So tell me a little bit about Shingle and how that started. Amble on. I, I will. <laughs> I, I really have been saying this a lot, so I'm going to try to make it very concise. Um, it, I, you know, I always struggled with work being tied to location. I mean, this is from day one. Mm-hmm. And uh, early in my career, I was living in or actually working in San Antonio, Texas. Um, but was living in Austin and was commuting back and forth. Um, and there are several reasons for that. We won't get into that, but um, the main reason was I didn't want to change the firm that I was working for in San Antonio. It was great. Loved the people that I worked with. Um, and I didn't want to switch jobs before getting my PE. So uh, I was commuting back and forth. This was 2005. Okay. And uh, the, the issue I ran into was that I was commuting for three years and it really, really was horrible. And I was like, gosh, you know, I was using STAD and, you know, the main job, my, my main job was basically just design. I was using STAD primarily. So okay. I wanted to work from Austin um, and, and, and still work for the, the firm in, in San Antonio. Well, there was an, you know, pretty much an immediate no. Um, and so that was sort of the spark of shingle and you know let's fast forward 15 years uh i found myself in the same exact situation uh in germany um 
Okay. I've been working for a firm in Germany. Uh, I quit that position and uh, quickly found out that all my potential income was only in the U.S. And unlike Austin and San Antonio, um, I couldn't make that commute um, huh. work very well. So uh, I started a, a, a consultancy um, and got some clients actually fairly quickly. And realized, you know, so I was working uh, for U.S. clients while living in Germany and quickly realized mm. that this should be a business for other people just like me um, that have, you know, that work independently, have a lot of experience or enough experience to work independently and make great money and live where they want to live. So that is really the basis of Shingle. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Let's hear Wes's side. Sure. My, my experience was, wasn't related to commuting, but, um, you know, as I moved through my career from, you know, design engineer, lead engineer to PM, I don't know, I got really deep into kind of the efficiency side of it, the money side of it, forecasting, and, um, I guess, you know, kind of work levels at the firm and, you know, how, how can we do that better without, you know, without getting a, a name for ourselves as a hire and fire firm based on each job. And it's like, well, you almost need resources that you can effectively turn on and off because not every, you know, not every task that we're doing is, is, I don't hate to say, but super critical. You know, there's some things that just need to be done. Um, There are many things that are, you know, are critical parts of the, of the project of engineering that you definitely want your, your lead engineers to do, but there is some other work that, you know, either EITs or somebody can do. Um, but you just need more people to do it. Um, so it's, it's just kind of looking at it as, you know, how do, how do we get those additional resources for even for like a smaller firm that just really can help them move to the next level. Right. And you two worked at the same place, right? That's mm-hmm. how you connected with each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Initially, but you know, when I was in Germany and I sort of had the, had the initial um, idea. I reached out to Wes. Um, Wes was uh, Wes was actually the you know I had a list of people, but Wes was at the top. I don't know why. I mean, I was, <laughs> no, Wes was at the top because he had uh, he has a similar personality in me mm-hmm. in terms of of wanting to change things and also not being scared to take a risk to step out there. Yeah, knowing and, there's a better way to do it. And... Knowing there's a better way and just, just having that mentality. It's like, hey, we may fail miserably. Um, uh, we're both used to the complete failure. And, <laughs> sure. uh, <laughs> Let's go but, for it. But, uh, no, I think when you're you're really going to do something like, like we've done, you need that, you need that risk-taking personality, especially at the early stages. And Wes, Wes was uh, actually the first guy I called, you know, and, and, and we, we started it basically, basically from there. It was like, Hey man, think about this. What, we, what about if we did this? And it wasn't too much longer that I was on a plane actually to Denver and we sketched it out. Remember that Wes? Mm-hmm. Um, eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper in his spare bedroom. Um, all the screens and the wireframe and, um, yeah. And that's Seems like really... that's how the best ideas start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, 
I know a lot of our listeners may not know what shingle is, but uh, Wes, high level, kind of what what is shingle doing for engineering and, and drafting? What what are the services? So it shingle is effectively kind of a marketplace between firms and uh, we'll call them independent engineers, consultants. Um, so consultants would bid on projects that projects or tasks that a firm would put on the platform. Okay. So you don't, you're as an engineer, you know, you are your own business, you're a subcontractor to the firm. You know, it's not a, it's not a temp agency. You're not, we're not, um, uh, you know, finding engineers for firms. Right. It's more of that open, you know, well, in this case, business to business marketplace. I like it. Right. More and more you hear about personal branding too. And um, as you get engineers that really know what they're doing and want mm-hmm. to look at other ways to make additional revenue, I think it's a good, great idea to mm-hmm. to get on there. And that's, yeah, that's the whole thing. You're, you're selling yourself, you know, it's effectively, you take your LinkedIn profile and, and what's in there. And that's that along with your proposal for the particular task is that's what you're selling. Awesome. Make yourself valuable. <laughs> I like it. So, uh, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but for our listeners, how do you envision an engineer that may work for a company still being able to do this or is that just left up to them to, to figure out what issues do you see around that? Uh, maybe Aaron or Wes, which Wes, you, you can I take it. I'll, I'll take the beginning of this one. Um, okay. the, the quick answer and not the full answer is, yeah, it is left up to the user to kind of police themselves um, as, you know, we're that kind of, I guess, third party entity platform. Um, but with that said, you know, engineers, you know, we are conservative by nature. We tend to keep ourselves out of trouble. So that that handles a lot of it. Um, the, the other part of it, if you are full time at a firm, um, you're most likely going to be limited on the amount of extracurriculars that you can do. Uh, so some of those tasks might be, you know, smaller shop drawings or, or checking a calc. Um, and, you know, if you're doing that in a, a, a different market sector than, than your full-time job, um, really the, the chances that it's going to ripple over into your, into your full-time job and cause a conflict of interest situation is, is pretty minimal. So there, there is always the, the potential, but a lot of the times it's, it's going to be an edge case. Gotcha. Aaron, what comments do you have on that? Well, yeah, I mean, Wes really covered it quite well, but I mean, it really does come down to, you know, a lot of the firms, the smaller firms typically don't have a written policy. Um, and a lot of that will come down to just, um, like Wes said, you know, your conscience and, and your ethics and talking to your, the, the main line would be talking to your supervisor and saying, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Um, and they may say yes or no, or they may not care. Um, the larger firms will have a, typically have a policy on this moonlighting policy. Um, and the, and the, some, some of them that we've run across are, are simply, um, stating that, Hey, in a similar matter manner, um, Hey, talk to your supervisor. Um, and don't be competing in a, a in our market verticals that we focus on in our firm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, really what they're looking for is like 
uh, as Wes had sort of alluded to, was we don't want you working more and putting your best efforts into something outside of your employed engagement um, on this side project. Mm. So um, that's really what they're worried about. Um, and I think as long as all of that's considered, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a good route to go if you're interested in it. Oh, yeah. I think and that's great. I guess a couple other things to add on that is we are we're working with uh, our partners on getting resources for these engineers to uh, you get E and O errors and emissions insurance and uh, to form their business entity. So it's it's not like a you know it's not like a yeah I'll do this kind of for fun. It you know it is a legitimate yeah. <laughs> legitimate business entity. That, right, that you're, a lot you're of engineers are doing. Yeah, and you're entering you're entering into real legal contracts when you perform work um, with with a firm and a, and a consultant. So, I mean, it's not it's it's definitely not uh, <laughs> it's definitely not like press a button and you know just whatever. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. Um, that's that's not what we've created. It's very uh, we're engineers. We we want to make sure it's done correctly. So, got it. And there, there is a plus side to this too. You know, you're getting, the engineers are getting business experience and, you know, maybe they're working with other people and, you know, right. Experience. Yeah. There's like a whole separate, um, body of knowledge or skills Mm -hmm. that you're going to be learning if you jump into that arena and it can be very good for you. So, Mm -hmm. and I know we mentioned this before, but it seems like there's a lot of other industries that do allow you to do stuff like this and maybe engineering specifically civil engineering just maybe needs to catch up to that. Yeah. We need to catch up on a lot of things in the industry. A few other things too. (laughs) Well, maybe that's another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, let's talk about a little bit more about shingle. What, um, now that you've started it, uh, what what challenges do you do you see shingle facing today? Okay, I mean, I'll I'll take that one. That's a really great question. Um, uh, you know, the biggest challenge that we see with what we're doing um, is we're we're introducing a fairly large change to a very conservative industry. In, in regards to resourcing and, and technology in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we've been talking about already um, several times, you know, generally speaking, and I say generally speaking, engineers and, and their management that are usually engineers as well are not huge risk takers. And so when you place something like shingle in front of this, this demographic that we're, we're, we're uh, targeting, they typically respond how you think an engineering or an engineer would, which is with a healthy amount of skepticism or maybe unhealthy amount of skepticism. And, you know, the, here's why it won't work, you know, list. And then, and, and so overcoming that, um, I don't want to say is challenging, but it, it can be, um, an extra step that maybe isn't as prevalent in other industries. And, getting firms to realize that it really can be that easy, you know, when they're used to doing it this, you know, tried and true way, 
of, of executing work. Um, that's really the challenge and, you know, just overcoming, you know, everybody's favorite phrase, you know, we've always done it this way. That's true. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, you know, overcoming that. And, and what we're seeing is it's, it's opening up pretty quickly though. And we're seeing uh, people that I hate to, you know, completely profile people, but you know what I'm saying? It's like someone that you would say, Oh, there's no way they're going to go for this. Um, right. They, they are. And well, and I also think, I mean, just thinking out loud, but the, uh, the younger generation seems to be very much latched onto trying to do things either remote their own way, start their own thing. And this really falls in line, I think with that and, and how the work is performed. So, um, I know that traditionally civil engineering and firms and I'm in the utility world and I hear that phrase all the time. Uh, it's just how it's always been done. And, uh, you know, there's a huge drive in society to think outside the box and even the utility world has been, I guess, been taken by surprise by new generation methods and new ways to do things. And so they're having to adapt to that. And uh, it seems like that shingles fitting in line with kind of that that way of thinking i guess a little bit so yeah yeah i like it um well what are some wins that you've been having with shingle um now that you've kicked you've been you've got this thing launched and rolling what are some wins oh man there's there's just so many that we can't really single one. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, there's actually some significant wins in here. Um, I think, you know, one that comes to mind for me is we have managed to catch the attention of some large firm executives who you wouldn't think would give us the time of day. Wow. And, and you know, we're not going to name any names, obviously, but it's, it's, that was, you know, that validation, um, that, that's big validation for us. And, um, you know, another win or a related win is that this last week we had a fairly large firm sign up to the platform after, you know, going through our sales process and them really not just, Hey, we're curious. Um, this is a true sales pipeline, you know, wow. sale to a large firm. So, in addition to that, you know, other wins are simply validation and just praise from engineers who are, who've been really looking for this. Um, and they're just, you know, it comes through LinkedIn or, or sometimes through email where it's like, Hey, this is a really great idea. I'm so glad you guys, someone did it, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, like I said, there's, there's some wins here. Um, we've had some, uh, some venture capital uh, uh, interest as well um, as we, as we grow our company. And that's always a major hurdle for most startups. You know, very few are able to sort of get to this level where um, they have VCs actually pursuing them. Wow. So uh, th this to me is probably the biggest win, honestly, from a, from a, you know, leadership standpoint, management standpoint, you know, vision standpoint, you know, we need, we need capital to grow this into what we believe this really is. Um, right. So yeah, I'm that's excited. Our wins. Those are great wins. Yeah. Um, Wes, any popped in your head as they were, we were chatting or 
you agree with all those? Just yeah, kind of along those same lines. You know, the the fun thing about uh, a marketplace is you have two two sides that you need to get going. You know, you not just you don't have sellers, but you have buyers too. Right. So figuring out how to how to build both of those sides and and give each side what they want, um, we're we're really starting to you know form that get a cohesive message, uh, and it's it's paying off. I like it. So um, part of the platform is obviously getting engineers on there is the idea. And maybe, maybe you have some advice, but if, if there's an engineer just starting out their career, is this a platform that they could jump on right now and, and start building up a brand for themselves? Or is the idea that they, they need to be licensed and wait until you can get that done before you jump on the platform? Um. Yeah, I'll I'll start off answering that question. I mean, the answer. I mean, the the answer to actually performing work on the platform. Um, you know, th- the engineers really need to be able to work fairly independently. Um, so, you've got portions of the platform. You know, the first the first por- portion is really like you can join the platform and create your profile. And have that as sort of a uh, a billboard for who you are as an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can log your project experience. You can create your basically your online resume. Yeah, similar to LinkedIn, but different um, and more detailed and more tailored towards our industry. And use our language and and use this um, as as sort of your detailed um, billboard for potential clients and AEC. Um, so I, I look at it in two ways. One is like, Hey, I'm going to go do this as a side gig. I need to be, um, experienced enough to do my own work. Um, the second part is I'm a student or I'm just starting out. There's no reason you can't join shingle and just start the process of building, um, your brand because, you know, my advice to young engineers is, you know, start designing your career early mm-hmm. on because what we're seeing and my general philosophy has always been plan for flexibility and redundancy to get stability in any industry now. So everything's in flux. Everything seems chaotic. Things are all over the place in terms of uh, tenures and people at different firms. And so if you plan for that flexibility and, and make your income streams redundant and have several clients and create this brand. Um, I, I guess in short, always have several irons in the fire. Um, gotcha. And we definitely see, you know, a huge shift in all industries and not just AEC, but, you know, yeah, everyone is their own company. And so building your, your skill set outside of, um, outside of your work, I think is key. And there's no reason not to start that as early as possible. You know, we're not advocating that you're going to get experience on shingle if you've never, you know, been working under an engineer. Right. Um, That's, that definitely is a super important part of getting your PE and and actually having the confidence to do design. Um, But marketing yourself to the world is very important because we know and we do have a lot of data now that that's where everything's headed and um, having a basic background in entrepreneurship is super valuable these days. And I think 
any young professional, any even student of engineering needs this basic ba- background in entrepreneurship. And, and gotcha. Shingles really, really focused on teaching everybody like, hey, this, you know, 30, 40% of the world is going to be independent contractors, you know, so all these sorts of statistics coming out, who knows how close it'll actually be. But the one thing is I know for certain it's not going down. Right. So (laughs) this is, this is my 99.9% confidence level here that (laughs) that number won't go down. It will only go up. So people just, they really need to start their own personal brand. And I I went way off tangent there. No, no, you're good. I like hearing about that. Um, I, I guess um, another question that popped in my mind is a lot of engineers think that maybe they couldn't get started because a lot of times these resources or tools are very expensive. The software the engineers use. Um, has there been, or at least in your experience, have you seen that when someone jumps on the platform, let's say another company hires them, that they may give them access to use some of the tools that maybe they have already? Or is it your this is your brand, your company, you own what you own and to do the job. Uh, I guess I'll take that one. So, okay, you got that we, one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I know I, on the platform, I guess we don't have a whole lot of information or visibility into that part of it. Um, I, I do know in our career, you know, some of the specialty subcontractors or engineering contractors that we've worked with, um, firms have given them, you know, licenses to use their software. Um, and then I'll go into the, not the legal side of it, although I'm not a lawyer, uh, technically that is one of the things that is, is tested for if you're an independent contractor or an engineer. Gotcha. So I, I guess the, the theme on that one is, um, use your own software. Gotcha. Um, yes. Don't, don't take the software from, <laughs> from whoever you're you're working for or you you might be an employee um to that end we are we are working with um software providers in, you know in the engineering industry to 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 get a more i guess a bite-sized package for for engineers that maybe only need we'll use stad stad came up earlier only need stad you know once a month for a specific project so uh, you know why am i going to buy a, a year license for stad for thousand dollars couple thousand dollars right that's the entire value of the project i'm working on so um, yeah working with them and getting a new you know kind of a gig model or or pay to you know pay to use gotcha um, something that we're hoping to roll out here yeah i'm in the transmission industry and you know they have specialized tools that you Mm -hmm. use and things of that nature and all these costs you know 10 grand or something to get it, you know, a, a software right. going. So it can be expensive for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. that's another thing that leads to, you know, the credibility side. It's like, yeah, I, I can get access to, you know, PLS poll CAD or, mm-hmm. or, and, you know, I can use that. So there's another reason why a firm should hire me. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. As you've been doing this, what, have you seen workloads between small and large firms, uh, at least a, di- a difference between those two? Or are you seeing work that's coming in from both both sides? How have you, I guess, how have you seen uh, the differences between large and small firms and work that's coming through? Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, we really, 
we really only have one, uh, you know, significant large firm. I mean, our, our the shingles is is generally um, more seems more attractive to the smaller firms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of shingle itself, uh, you know, it's it's definitely more uh, skewed towards small firms, but the industry in general, um, just because we make a lot of, we have a lot of conversations with many, many, many firms. Um, we're not seeing a huge difference now between workloads coming through jobs, you know, they're both have, they both seem to have way too much work and each one of them seems to have an incredibly hard time finding any engineers right now. Um, so that's, you know, the short answer is really, we're not seeing a huge difference at all right now. I mean, traditionally it's always been like the big firms are sort of, uh, you know, let's say, uh, have an easier time finding talent. Sure. Um, And the small firms have always traditionally had a hard time, uh, finding full-time employees and, and competing with these large firms, benefits and projects and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, like I said, we have a lot of conversations and it's a, it's a problem for both right now. Um, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm excited. This is good stuff. I'm excited for shingle. I'm excited about your mission. What's going on in your world. Um, is there any additional resources that you'd like to tell our audience about? Wes, or- you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Yours is kind of boring. Mine's boring. <laughs> I'll do mine first. So <laughs> okay. I took the traditional engineering approach to, to this question. <laughs> so I will throw it up here. Ooh. Design. So this is more for structural folks because that's my background. <laughs> uh, Design of Welded Structures by Blodgett. You know, this is a, a book from, I don't know, the 50s or 60s. Um, and it really goes into the theory and concepts on, you know, localized stresses. Um, it's a great book when you're, when you have a project that's a one-off or retrofit and you, the code doesn't quite apply to your situation. That's awesome. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes, give your, give it your makes me wonder if you have used shingle yourself <laughs> you get a job <laughs> so okay I'll, you know for your listeners i'll try to step it up a little bit in terms of uh, uh anyhow um you know my my uh my uh resources and isaac i'm sure you've obviously <laughs> heard of him but anything by tim ferris um, oh yeah so I'm going to go the entrepreneurship route, like anything, anything by Tim Ferriss, um, you know, obviously the four hour work week, all the, the classics, um, his podcast is so good. And I remember listening to that, um, a lot when I was in Germany, it actually, I used so much of his advice. Um, and so you know, the main, the main thing from someone like Tim Ferriss is like, you know, that I learned is like, listen to people who've actually done amazing things. Um, I like it. Not the, not, not the armchair experts, except Dak Shepard. He's the armchair expert um, <laughs> podcast, but you know, the people that, you know, growing up and especially I grew up very conservative. There's always these conservative. There's always these people that are like, oh, this is what you should do, but they've never done it. 
yeah. they've ever done. And it's like, well, they've got all this advice, but they really don't have anything to show for it. So somebody like Tim Ferriss and all of his guests that he has on the podcast actually break down in a long form format, really how they got to where they were. Um, the, the other resource, um, it's a bit of a plug, but um, we have something on our website called the Consultant Earnings Calculator. And this has been incredibly popular um, on our website. Um, and it basically shows the difference between, you know, net pay if you're working as a consultant versus, you know, a traditional employee. So it gives you that apples to apples comparison, like, hey, if I worked, you know, 40 hours a week or 35 hours a week and wanted this much vacation and blah, blah, blah. How would that compare, you know, in a typical rate that I charge as a consultant versus what I'm doing right now? And um, so that's a really valuable resource for anybody who's looking in, in terms of taking this entrepreneurship route. Um, That's in awesome. En in engineering. So yeah. Did you create that Aaron? I created it. They did. <laughs> I have to give I, them credit for it. Yeah, I did, did create that and it's <laughs> right. You know, and it, it I, was based off of Excel, the first version, just like yeah, every good engineering tool. Yeah. Yes. It I was all it. Excel. Um, and uh, no, it, it's, you know, the great part about it is that it factors in time, uh, time savings as well. Um, and that's become the asset that becomes super valuable, especially as you get older. Um, for yep. me, it's like to factor in, hey, if I'm commuting, you know, let's take my San Antonio commute, you know, one and a half hours in traffic each way, you know, three hours a day um, to work 40 hours a week in the office. How does that, how much time savings would I have if I didn't commute um, any days a week and could work wherever I wanted um, and do the same work and then right. make a higher hourly rate? So that number is surprising um, wow. when you see it. So um, I'd encourage any, any one of your listeners, um, even if they're not interested in shingle, to just check it out um, to see that difference because it's, it's significant, honestly, so. Okay. We'll go link all that stuff in our show notes. Um, Wes, where can people go find Shingle? What's the web address? Shingleit.com. www.shingleit.com. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And then that will take you to the more information and then the sign up for the actual platform. Love it. Well, thank you both for jumping on and explaining what Shingle is, what it's all about, your backgrounds and all of that fun stuff. I really do appreciate it. And um, I guess, you know, if we have to do a, another one in the future, it might be fun to do. But thanks for jumping on oh, and doing this. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having yeah. us. Thank you very fun. much. See ya. It's a really neat platform. <clears throat> I can't talk. <clears throat> Start over. Oh.